Welcome to the QAV podcast. If you're brand new, I just want to introduce the podcast a little bit so you know what you're getting yourself into. If you've listened to the show before, feel free to just fast forward a minute or two. If you're brand new, here's the deal. Uh, my name's Cameron Riley. Tony Kynaston is an old friend of mine. He's a very successful share market investor. I'm talking very, very, very successful. He's been doing it 30 years. He's one of the best in the country in terms of a private investor. Very good uh, track record over 30 years. And what this podcast is about is Tony basically teaches me everything that he knows about investing in the stock market. And you get to listen. But if you're coming into this for the first time, you'll find that this episode, the current episodes, assume a certain level of prior knowledge. We assume that you know what we're talking about, his system, his methodology, which we explain in earlier episodes. So feel free to listen if you want to get the vibe for what's going on, but some of it's not going to make much sense unless you understand what the checklist is, etc. I recommend if you're brand new, you go back and listen to uh, Season 3, Episode 1, Episode 3 and Episode 5, where we go into Tony's background and his system and his methodology in a lot more detail. And then feel free to listen to the contemporary episodes, the current episodes. You'll understand more of the context of what we're talking about. With that, let's get into today's show. Welcome back to QAV. TK, episode 358, season 358. How are you this Monday, the 30th of November, 2020? Yeah, very well, thank you. A little bit hot. It's uh, Sydney had two 40-day degrees on the weekend. Jeez. It's cooled down a bit now, but yeah, I'm sitting here with the window closed and the air con off to, to stop background noise, but I'm starting to sweat. Mm, TK sweat. And when you sweat, <laughs> I bet it... Bet it smells like champagne. What a rich people sweat smell like, Tony. <laughs> Same as small as, as poor no, people. No peasant yeah. sweat. No, yeah. I like to think it smells like milk and honey. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of rich people, uh, famous people, celebrities. <laughs> we just we just had a great uh, we just did a great interview with Cameron Williams, Channel 9's uh, sports editor. I think he calls himself. Um, which will be up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, some video, some audio of that. He's been a QAV listener for a year or so. Um, yeah, and that was a fun. He's always fun to chat with. A lot of great anecdotes. Told us about when he met Mike Tyson and, and Muhammad Ali thirty years ago. It's a good story. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a anyway. good, great interview, and appreciate him giving giving us the time for it too. That was good. Yeah. He, he didn't have any privacy in their new studio, so he went home yeah. uh, to shoot it, and then he has to go back to work, so that was nice of him. It was, yeah. Yeah, appreciate uh, it, Cam. Thank you very much, and glad to hear you're doing well with the with the process and the investments. Yeah, yeah, really great. Uh, all right, well, into stocks. Uh, you said something about PFG and a qualified audit last week. I think you wanted to clarify that this week. I did. So we were talking about qualified audits. That was a, a a question from a listener last week. And we were talking about different types of qualified audits. And I said that um, oftentimes, oftentimes, more often than not, it didn't matter what the qualified audit was, but the company would, would have problems. Because we we're talking about Zimplats, I think, at that stage, which 
went down following its qualified audit, but it's since gone back up again. And uh, and we're talking about the most material of a qualified audit, which is the one where the auditors raise a question about the ongoing viability of the company. And then there are other various grades of it. But I, I did mention a, uh, a company that I had invested in in the past and uh, it had a qualified audit and the share price um, went down quite dramatically and quickly. And I thought that company was PFG, but it's not. I just wanted to correct that. The company I was thinking of was Pioneer Credit PNC, uh, not PFG, which is Prime, I think, Premier Financial Group or Prime Financial Group. So apologies to anyone associated with that company for, for mixing that up, and I, um, I hope we've got it straight now. Well, speaking of Zimplats, actually got a question on the Facebook page this morning from Paul in Sydney, lawyer Paul. He says, does Zimplats have a clear audit? I can't understand what the auditor's report is actually saying. Did you find if there was an update to that audit, qualified audit that they had earlier in the year? Yeah, I had a look um, after our show last week. It's still there, and it looks like Zimplats may have changed auditors between its half-year and full-year accounts. So. Um, I'm not well, that's sure. one way around it. When, not when, sure. you're, when yeah, you get an right. audit, you I'm go, not sure oh, we'll just, what the reason you know. for that is. But <laughs> you know, a cynic might say that they were trying to get a better result, but it hasn't changed. Uh, it, it, to me, reading it, and I'm not an expert in this area, but it looks like they're not questioning the ongoing viability of the company, but they are calling out that there that there's been there may even be a breach of law, in, or at least a breach of the accounting standards. Uh, as far as Zimbabwe goes, where Zimplats is based, uh, because the 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 audit the auditors point out that there uh, some of the assets on the Zimplats um, balance sheet in their register have been booked using US dollars, whereas the law in Zimbabwe says they should be booked using whatever the currency is in in Zimbabwe. Now I can fully understand why they the Zimplats would have done that because. Chances are they had to convert Zimbabwe currency into US dollars to buy mining equipment and whatever else they've put on the register. Uh, and, and that's pretty common in Zimbabwe because the dollars aren't accepted, or the Zimbabwe dollars, if that's what they call it, aren't accepted widely outside of Zimbabwe. But the other problem with Zimbabwe, of course, is that they've had hyperinflation for a while and uh, it must be hard to you know, to pin, pin down what the exact currency exchange is to put something on an asset register and, and one day it's worth, you know, I don't know, a million Zimbabwe dollars. Next day it might be worth two million. Um, but the US dollar doesn't fluctuate as widely. So I can see why they've done it from a pragmatic point of view, but they should have done it in local currency. The the management of, of Zimplats is saying it's too hard to go back and unpick that spaghetti uh, and try and work out the right conversions for those assets. And so they're going to leave it where it is. And the auditors have highlighted it as being a potential problem for Zimplats going forward. But what the magnitude of that problem is, I don't know. Whether it's a fine, whether it's a slap on the wrist, whether it means nothing, or whether it could be a company-threatening event. And so that's one of the reasons why I'd, I'd still wait for that to be cleared off the books of, of Zimplats before I, I looked at it to a, as an investment going forward. Somewhere in my office here, I've got some, I think, a couple of billion-dollar notes from Zimbabwe that my friend, the uh, journalist Adam Shand down in Melbourne, gave me. He's got a house in Zimbabwe. Oh, right. He usually spends six months of the year there, married a Zimbabwean, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he came back from there once and gave me a couple of, I, don't know, I can't remember if they're billion-dollar notes or million-dollar notes, but whatever it was, they're... Yeah. Uh, 
It's I've ridiculous. got one too. I think our other friend Adam Torsten sent us one with his Cryptopia film on Bitcoin oh. as a way of kind of highlighting how how <laughs> currency can can you know have lots of problems, but Bitcoin will be here forever. <laughs> yes, we still need to get Torsten. On the show, oh, speaking of the documentary, I somebody pinged me over the weekend and told me that they found it on Magellan TV, which is um, a documentary only, I think, cable channel and online channel, online thing, streaming network in the US. You can also get it here. You can download an app for it. It's like a Netflix, but it's only documentaries. And wow. uh, Marketing can't, the Messiah is now up there. Can't wait for the royalty checks to roll in. Oh, they just <laughs> I'm sure those, you know, cents per view are just going to. Zimbabwe millions. Gonna be, <laughs> yeah, I hope they pay it in Zimbabwe dollars. Um, okay, so that's uh, Zimplatz. Do you have a stock of the week that you want to draw people's attention to? Yeah, I have a couple. So I uh, did a download last week and sent you some stock journals. So let's talk about those. Uh, yeah. The three of them I, I was going to focus on. The first one is called, uh, the, the code is MLD, which is a company called Maca, M-A-C-A. I'm just going to call up Stock Doctor now and have a look at it. But uh, it's, a, it's a mining services company, and it's been on our watch list for a while, and in the last week its share price has risen, and it's now uh, just crossed over its three-point buy line. Sorry, not MCA. That's Murray Cod Australia. What was it? MCD. MLD. MLD. Maca Limited. M A C A is the oh, name. Oh yeah, yeah. I got it. Yep. Yep. I don't and know what Murray so that- Cod Australia does, but that sounds like an interesting <laughs> business. So yes, back to M M M L D. Yeah. So they're a they're a servicing company for mines. So uh, contract mining. Um, they do some crushing. So they yeah crush down the ore and separate it and uh, a lot of construction work for the mining um, industry. I think also too from memory they may have been they may have started off life uh, as a provider of of mining camps of of you know site camps for fly in fly out workers to live in but I could have that wrong but anyway certainly a provider of of services to the mining industry for a long time. Uh, they've been up and down over the years I've owned them in the past. But they're just, uh, if you look at their chart, they're just turning up again now. And their QAV score is pretty good. So I'll just call that up too. Um, when I did my download, which was last week, there was something like about a QAV of 0.38. But I'll just have a look at that and confirm that. Yeah, I'm looking at their chart now. 0.38 is what you told me in the journal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, you want to walk us through the chart because people love a bit of chart. Uh, talk. Um, (laughs) I'm getting the high point going back to sort of uh, late 2017, maybe August. September. And then September. And then the second point uh, just sort of July, August 2020. Is that what you're using? Just let me confirm that. That Sounds right. I'll just have a look at that. And it is August 2020. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm going to do, Cam? Just let me turn my phone on. Mm. I'm going to videotape myself, or at least oh, you know, that a video, sexy. holding oh. the ruler up to the to the screen just so we can show people what we do there. This is not a bad example, I think, to work through. You can post it when you do your... Hot and sweaty. Tony yeah, hot and sweaty on right. video holding a ruler This is how simple up. it gets. 
Good thing it's not yeah. not smelly vision. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just let me um, get my phone on. Hi. <laughs> Call me. Call me now. Tony's okay, waiting. Here is my stock doctor screen for MLD. It's going to turn it sideways, which might disorient people, but anyway. Um, it's a five-year monthly chart. The, the high point you can see quite easily is, so if we work from there going forward, I'm just going to hold a ruler up. The second point is the, the point in the next month. But if we use that, it becomes a, a cell where it crosses, it crosses the line down here. So what I'm going to do to negate that is to just take the ruler and, and rotate it a bit higher. It's going to cross a second time. In fact, I'll put the ruler on top so we can see it easier. It's going to cross a second time, and that second time is right around there, which is uh, that's going to be if I use the next uh, highest peak for the line, it's November 2019. The three-point buy is going to cross it May 2020. And then uh, if we use the rightmost peak, which is the last, it's basically the highest point on the graph and the last peak that uh, doesn't have any other peak crossing it. You can see right down in the corner, the the point today is is poking up above that line, and that's our three-point trend line. I'll do it both ways with the ruler below and the ruler above, and you can see at the, in the bottom corner there, it's just poking above. So that's how I do it. Um, short, short, sharp video to um, to show you, and if people have questions, then they can let us know. Okay, I'll stop that. You, any worries that this might be a falling knife? Uh, yeah, potentially, yeah. Could be a falling knife. It seems to keep sort of sticking its head up above the byline and then it groundhogs back yes, in. Yes, that's right. So it could be a falling knife. Um, but certainly, it, and it's it's a tough one. I started to do a bit of research in it because, uh, you know, just to do some research for the show, and it's they've got uh, some exposure to a, a mine which is now being shuttered. And uh, they're basically writing off their, you know, lost payments on that, and it's going to administration. So there could be, there could be a loss of revenue for them. But at the, by the same token, they're also announcing they're picking up uh, mining contract work at the moment. And one of those companies is Romelius Resources, actually, which we own. So we've kind of gone full circle there. Uh, but yeah, it's it's got such a good quality score. I I suspected it may not be a falling knife, but it, um, yeah, who knows. So talk me through um, your thinking with a falling knife slash groundhog like this. Uh, If it was at the top of the list and if you were looking to buy something and you saw this and you saw the falling knife on the chart, would you buy it anyway but then keep an eye on it and sell it if it drops back below the buy line or would you just skip it because it's falling and uh, look for something with a better looking well, a chart? Both. I think, I think in this case it, it looks reasonably clear to me that there's an uptick so I would buy it and then watch it and if it fell back below it um, before the end of the month or by, you know soon afterwards I'd be selling it. Uh, and you can see as well from the sell line on this stock which is going to be um, – using March 2020 and then October 2020, that sell line's not going to be too far south of where the share price is now. So it may not take much to, if it does turn down, to go back across the sell line. So you definitely have to watch it. 
The sort of ones where I struggle to buy them is when they've, like perhaps last month for this stock, um, when it's just getting up to the buy line but hasn't pushed through yet, then I probably hang back and just wait for a bit of a confirmation for a month or so. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just having another look at this now to try and see where the sell line is. So March 2020 is the low point on the graph at 64 cents. And then October 2020 is at 82.5 cents. So just eyeballing it, it's going to be around the low 90s, I think, probably about 92. But certainly yeah. if, I, if I bought shares in this, the next thing so, I'd do is to go into the three-point trend calculator, work out what the sell price is and put a stock alert in Stock Doctor for that price. Yeah. Yeah. Jolly good. Um, you also talked about, well, you talked about a bunch of stocks. You want to talk about base resources, BSE? Yeah. BSE. So BSE is another mineral sands um, miner, which is interesting. We've had a couple of those crop up on our list. So sometimes that happens that uh, the industry itself might be showing some, some signs of life. Anyway, so again, base, just like uh, the last one, has just gone through its three-point trend byline in the last month. In fact, it's gone up quite dramatically in the last month from something like it was uh, 23.5 cents and now it's 29.7 cents. So it's gone up 25% roughly in the last month. But if I look at this graph, uh, the high point is back in October 2017 at a price just above 32 cents. And then as a, the next high point would be March 2019. And uh, that price was 30 and a half cents. And then if I put my ruler across those two, it, it's just crossed in the last, uh, in, this, in this current month uh, into the buy territory. Yeah. Again, just poking its head, but not as much of a falling knife as the other one. And the the sell line goes right back to early 2016. Yeah, so we got a sell line back here in, uh, that's right, in January 2016, and then the COVID cough is the second point. So yeah. the sell is going to be you know, just around 15 cents. Yeah, just south of 15 cents. There's a big gap there. It looks, it looks better. Now, you... In the journal, you said it had a QAV score of 0.31, but actually in your buy list, it seems like it's 0.29. So I'm not sure which one of those is out of date. Yeah, sorry. Close, okay. Fairly close though. Yeah, it's probably just a change in the price. Yeah, right. Okay. And uh, just looking at the um, average dollar trades on both of those because I think they were reasonable from memory. So 150000 for base. And three hundred and forty-four thousand for Maca, so it's not too bad. Hmm. And then just to mention a couple of other ones quickly, um, uh, an ETF called AUDS, which is a Australian Dollar Investment ETF, that's uh, that's also cropped up as a buy recently with a a, a decent uh, score. That's got a score of thirty-three or point three three, I should say. Uh, and just gone into an uptrend, and I would guess it's gone into an uptrend because the Australian dollar is rising, um, partly because the US dollar is falling and partly because um, uh, the Reserve Bank cut interest rates again, which can sometimes cause the dollar to go up. So uh, that's that's one people might want to have a look at. I mean, the, as we've discussed before on the show, those kinds of ETFs come onto the QAV watch list because they've probably had a um, a sale of some of their underlying assets, which has come through as a large operating cash income. So 
they often come on for six months and then go off for six months. But it's certainly scoring well at the moment. And then probably the last, well, a couple more to mention, but... Uh, Hold on. Before you move on, yeah. can we just talk about the chart for sure. AUDS? Yep. So I'm getting the buy price coming in just uh, south of 10 bucks. It's currently at 10.51. Is that what you got? Let me just have a look. And it's actually, I would say it's a Schrodinger if I look at the sell line. Almost. Maybe there's a smidge in between them, but um, it's, no, a, I I mean, it's, it's currently. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, let's go through well, the chart. So I've got a, a high point at uh, January 2018. Yeah. Yep. And then the next, I'm going to use the rightmost peak here, which is the appropriate one for the second point, and that's August 2020. And so that would give me a buy price. Oh, it's going to be about nine cents, and it's currently ten and a half. Um, and then the sell dollars. is also going to be dollars. A, a dollar, dollars. Sorry. Thank you. Yeah. And the sell price is also going to be around that buy price. So not a Schrodinger because it's above that, but yeah. the sell price and the buy price are about the same. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yep. Okay. But it's well and truly above that, so it's yeah. in safe territory, yeah. Yeah. It could be a falling knife because it's been going down since um, that high yes. point in, in mm. 2018, but uh, mm. so is the Australian dollar. So it's, it's going right. to probably track the Australian dollar, I think. Right. Not okay. that I have any idea where that's going to go. Because <laughs> you don't forecast. I don't forecast, especially not currency, that's for sure. Right. You're, so that's, uh, uh, a, a you, your mate George share. Soros hasn't told you what's going to happen with the currency. Uh, don't you talk to George <laughs> fairly regularly? I've never spoken to George. Oh, okay. No. My mistake. Yeah, mm. no, sorry. <laughs> you, don't, you don't catch up at the rich guy's uh, secret meetings or anything like that? Well, first rule... Don't. <laughs> 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 Good one. All right. <laughs> What's next? Uh, Maya, our old friend Maya, M-Y-R. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's uh, come back onto the buy list. Right. Oh, no. Really? <laughs> yeah, and I think this is one of the, they call them the COVID rotation stocks, so now that uh, there's a, a vaccine on the horizon, that uh, some of the stocks which suffered badly during the COVID lockdown are now finding some love in the market. And oh my God, yeah, yes! People are saying that uh, the, yeah, people are starting to go back out to the department stores, and they're a good thing. But we'll see. Anyway, if we look at that share share price graph, that's uh, the high point is back in December 2016 at a dollar thirty eight, yep. and then yep. um, I'll use my ruler again, and I'm going to use the the peak on September 2019 at $0.61 cents is the second point. And so it's it's just crossed over. It's, it's by, which would be around $0.26, cents, and it's now 30, $0.36. Cents. There's also been some uh, speculation in the newspapers anyway that uh, Maya could be bought out fairly soon. Again? Yeah, yes, that's right. But who knows? <laughs> and the sell line comes in a little bit below the buy line. So, yeah. I don't know, 25 cents ish. Yeah. It's currently trading at 36. So it's well above both lines. Correct. But again, looks like a falling knife. But you think it's one of these things that might uh, do well now that COVID, well, it's been falling though since 2017. It's not oh, a yeah. COVID related 
fall, although it did take a hit, of course, during mm-hmm. COVID, but uh, it's been going south for a long time. Kind of reminds me of the conversation we had with your mate Joe uh, last year. He was like one of our first guests, I think. He Joe was, yeah. was talking about that. We were talking about the challenges in retail. That was 18 months ago. Yep. No, exactly. Joe Barbaris. Yeah. And and I think, you know, the whole time it's been falling, there's been a succession of management who are trying to turn that round. The latest guy seems to be quite experienced and and is seeming to kick some goals, so that could also be behind it too. Yeah, I tend to think none of these people have a clue what they're doing. (laughs) They're like they're like they're like television. Didn't say this when Cam was when we were talking to Cam earlier, but television, newspapers, old retailers, old telecoms—they're all just you know clinging on for dear life as their industries get uh, mm. you know de 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 what de disrupted de disrupted. You know, yeah, I was thinking of another D word, but that'll do. <laughs> yeah, deconstructed. By the internet, you know, and uh, they're like, no, it's all going to be great. Oh, we've got a great plan. Every couple of years I hear a new CEO talk about what a great plan they're going to have and then then they lay off 10,000 people. Oh, but now now that we've laid off those people, oh, it's all going to be great from here on in. Well, the the plan for Meyer has been- I don't see them really doing anything. The plan for Meyer has been really obvious for a long time. Beef up its online presence and close down half its network. And the, Which the, makes sense, but I mean, I, I haven't bought anything from online. Maya, have you? I did Christmas before last, I think, and it was an absolute disaster. Right. Yeah. So, but like, I haven't touched them for a while. I, if I'm going to buy something online, I go to eBay first, Amazon second, and uh, well, that's about it, really. Unless it's a specialty thing, that's where I go looking for stuff. I don't even think about going. I wouldn't even know where Maya's online presence is. But maybe that's just me. Yeah, um, I'm no expert at it either. I, I tend to just Google things and go whichever way I'm directed. But um, right. But yeah, that's the plan for Myra. Is like the trick is if you cut if you cut out. Well, first of all, they probably can't close half their stores because they've got long leases, you know, 15, 20, 25 year leases. So they've got to time that right. And the second thing is if you shrink the retail presence and you haven't grown the online presence you start to lose a lot of bargaining power with the people who supply you goods. Uh, and so yeah, your prices right. go up. So you, you can't be, you know, the cheapest in the market, which is important if you're a retailer. So that's a, a mm. fine balancing act. And, and to date, my just hasn't got their head around it yet. Mm. All right. Um, you want to talk about our portfolio for a oh, bit? Okay, sure. I haven't looked at it for a while. How's it going? Uh, yeah, well, we we sort of jumped up a lot last week after we threw in some dividends and also just with the growth going up. Mm-hmm. At the moment, we're running, for this new year, we're running at 9% and mm-hmm. the All Lords is at 10%. Mm-hmm. So we're a point below. Uh, it's obviously today's the end of the month. And uh, before I sent out the newsletter this morning, I jumped in and just did a quick end of month summary, even though it'll change a little bit. By uh, close of business today, but as since inception, we're running at thirteen point three percent. The all odds total return is at six point two, so we're uh, doing roughly double. We're up seven yeah. percent on that, so we're ru- running at the sort of the goal of double the uh, all odds mm-hmm. since inception, even with 
the uh, huge jump that the All Lords has had this month. I actually did some charting because last week on the show, you said it's mostly the banks and Qantas and people like that. I jumped in and had a look, uh, did a little chart having a look at their share price in the last month, and it is insane. Like some of them are up 25, 30%, the banks, Qantas, et cetera. Correct. Yeah. In uh, November. So they've had a huge jump. Yes. And likewise, too, on our side of things, we had some gold miners which are, which are holding us down. Which is this rotation. Yes. Once the vaccine became inevitable, then you know people took more risks and they and they took uh, investments out of gold and put them back into these these beaten up stocks because of COVID. Mm. 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 As you mentioned last week, one of our uh, big winners in terms of recent additions is C six C Copper Mountain. We bought that a month ago. It's up thirty five percent. Yay! We should have just sold the portfolio and bought it. <laughs> <laughs> if only, yeah. if only we knew. Yeah. Well, Which I'm hoping, one was I hope, the winner? I hope some of our listeners have followed us in then. That's good. Yeah. Um, Capral, Capral, uh, the aluminium mm-hmm. guys, it's it's up 6%, so it's not, not terrible, mm-hmm. but uh, not as good as yeah. CXC. Grange, Grange hasn't moved since we bought it only a week or two ago. It's sitting at a zero Movement, mm-hmm. but uh, our portfolio is doing okay. I mean, up uh, 9% since the beginning of September is pretty good. I mean, not as good as the All Lords, but still pretty good for, what's that, three months? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, there's a lot of articles around at the moment saying with vaccines coming and borders opening, et cetera, et cetera, and the government winding back job seeker that the economy might uh, do well next year, but who knows? Uh, it's right. I, yeah, I'm not going to predict it all, but it, it, we've had a we had a topsy turvy year this year, and hopefully it's going to be better next year. Hmm. It's been a good well, one though for to to teach stock market investing. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think we've learned lots of lessons along the way. You know, getting in and out of the market at the right time using our three point trend lines. Yeah, yeah. Well, I well I think back to you know COVID, we were all scratching our heads, not knowing what was going to happen. You know, predictions mm. were out there about millions of people dying or hundreds of thousands of people dying, which didn't eventuate. So it's um, it's been an interesting time. Well, except in the US. Yeah, except it in did the US, happen. that's right. <laughs> and it's still happening, yeah, unfortunately. I see. I think yesterday they had their first 200,000 new case day. I read a I, – I read – must have been – it might have been in the last – well, last week or so anyway, one of the newsletters I read, they, they had a link to a, a blog post by somebody who was a a hospital worker in, in one of the U.S. hospitals, and they said the worst part of, of being a frontline worker in the U.S. medical system is you come home, you're absolutely exhausted, you, you wipe the sweat off your face from being in full PPE all day, and then you remember that the last person you helped was someone who was trying to bat you away because Joe Biden was going to steal their rights. <laughs> you just, you know, it just, yeah. I just thought, how? You know, how how just uh, courageous are these people who are just treating everybody when these idiots are, you know, trying to refuse treatment because they think their rights are being violated? We've got, I've got a couple of um, listeners to some of my history shows, uh, husband and wife, that are doctors in Utah, Salt Lake City. And um, Megan, the wife, who's an ER doctor, posts – sort of updates on Facebook or Instagram fairly regularly. 
just talking about what she's seeing in the hospital there and uh, just, you know, how horrifying it is, just the, the, the people that come in that are just dying in droves that she's uh, – well, not in droves in Utah. Utah is not one of the worst places over there, but dying on a regular basis that she's – you know, just can't help. You know, they even with all of the stuff that they've learnt this year, it's just devastating. And one of Chrissy's friends, a woman in uh, Albuquerque, who actually came out and visited us a few years ago, did some guest uh, teaching. She's a violin teacher. Did some guest teaching for Chrissy out here. She and her husband, who are in their sixties, I think, are both in ER at the moment or in ICU beds with COVID. Mm. And the woman Jane has been posting video updates from her hospital bed to Facebook, and she looks and sounds like she's on death's door. She's barely able to get a sentence out, but she's saying, "I'm doing this because I want." People to know uh, what this is like. Like this is uh, this is real. We're you know barely hanging on. Probably going to die from it the way we're going. She's posting like daily teary wow. updates that we've been watching. It's uh, you know devastating just to watch people you know go through this, and we're at a distance. You know, yeah, we're that's, seeing it close that's, up. That's a horrific story. Yeah, and and you know it's uh, it's. Okay, there's a virus and people have died in Australia as well, but it's not it's not the virus that's killing people, it's people killing people. It's their beliefs and their point of views and their misguided actions. Uh especially in places like the US, but uh, I was I even heard of a case for a friend of a friend in Greece, he was over there for work and he caught it. Um tried very hard while he was over there to, you know, use lots of antibacterials, wear masks and all the rest of it. But um, he called it and he said, you know, the reason was because the Greeks, just like the Americans, don't follow their government. The government's telling them what to do and the Greeks are going, no, we'll be all right. We'll still go out for dinner and we'll still get together at people's places and all that kind of stuff. So, mm. yeah, it's, it's – Well, the Greeks have got a long tradition of that. People, people <laughs> defeating people. I, I just don't get that. Yeah, I I saw this some somebody in Adelaide uh, in quarantine, like escaped quarantine to mm. go out for pizza or something. Yeah, what what? Uh, I think there's I think there's a language barrier there. The person was a um, an English English as a second language student, and piecing together what I've heard on the on the news this morning, he was I think he did like a week in quarantine and then had a second test, and he thought. He was told that after the second test, he was safe to leave. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So wow. he went out and obviously he said, I've been locked up for a week. I'm going to go out and have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh, anyway, Owen has a question. Mm. Hey, Cam, a couple of dividend related questions. Uh, Kelly Partners, KPG, has switched from quarterly to monthly dividend payouts. I was after TK's thoughts on monthly dividends as I've not come across them before. I've never heard of that before either. Is that a common thing, TK? Not common at all. I haven't. I can't think of another stock that does it. Yeah, very uncommon. Uh, it, any idea why they would do that? Um, don't know the business that well, but I would think it's because they're trying to appeal to the retiree market, people who need a yield income. And so, you know, they want they want a regular monthly dividend check to um, to fund their retirement. That would be my guess, oh, but yeah. like, don't hold me to it. That's only a guess. I'm just mm. looking at it now. The yield is it's currently 4.36%. Uh, 
Uh, it's pretty good. This is pretty good. It's been higher than that. Um, at June 20, it was 7.79%. So if you bought back then, you're doing well. A single brand chartered accounting network, KPG, not to be confused with KPMG. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting branding, Kelly Partners. Uh, 16 owner driver operating businesses across greater Sydney. Owner driver operating? You call that an accounting business and owner driver, really? <laughs> I guess. Owner okay. operators. Yeah. Uh, I thought there was taxi businesses were owner drivers. And one operating business in Hong Kong primarily focused on providing accounting and taxation services to private small and medium enterprises. So they probably know a lot about what uh, retirees are looking for Correct. in terms of dividends. Yeah. Yes. Uh, speaking of dividends too, I should just mention that uh, that stock we spoke about, base. Base Minerals is paying a 12% dividend yield at the moment too. Whoa. If anybody's interested in that. So I'm looking at uh, Kelly Partners' chart. Uh, it's a nice-looking toothy grin. Yeah. Here. Yep. And Do we again, have a name for these? A toothy grin. A name no, we don't. <laughs> for the toothy grin? Looks like a Halloween pumpkin, doesn't it? It does look like a Halloween pumpkin. That's the official title for these now. It's a Halloween pumpkin. Um, it's it's uh, they've had a lot of positive growth since the COVID crash. I wonder wonder what's leading to that. I think it's also been on our buy list since about then. From you know a price of probably around a dollar, sub a dollar, and it's now a dollar sixty two. Really, what's their QAV score? I'm. Scroll. Oh, there we go. 0.14. Not not great. Not bad, but not great. It oh. ranks like 47 or something on our buy list or 40 on our buy list. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's been much higher. The price rise will have um, brought that back to earth. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, sorry I can't shed any more light on it, but um, I don't think it Let's- means much to the company, whether it pays it six monthly, quarterly, or monthly, except that. There's a lot more admin involved, but obviously they're trying to, um, I would think, encourage people to buy the shares if they're interested in getting a monthly income. Let's uh, do some charting on this one because it's an interesting one. Um, Byline, would you start it back in February 18 and then use the second point as sort of December 19? Yeah, so it's actually January 18, I think. And then... uh, I would use the second point as, when is that? I would use December 19, yes. Right. Yep. So uh, then after the COVID dip, it would have crossed the byline sort of uh, uh, April, May 2020. And the sell line is one of these ones that's flatlining, comes in at around, I don't know. 73 74 cents or something. Oh no, I think the sell let me just check that. The sell line, let me just have a look. Hang on. So there's a 72 cent. There's actually yes, you're right. Sorry, yeah. There's a 72 cent um trough in May 2019 and a 72 and a half cent trough. So yeah, it's gonna be in that sort of 72 and a half, 73 sort of cent range, yeah. Mm. Mm. So it's well and truly been uh bouncing up. But you don't think that the monthly dividends is going to mean that it, the price will drop every month as a result of the usual, you know, sell on the dividend activity? Well, it hasn't been. <laughs> every month it's been going up. I don't think so because it's paying a four percent yield now. So it's the 
it's kind of give a very small dividend yield as a percentage each month, one twelfth of four yeah. percent. So what's that? Point three of a cent or something, or point three percent. Um, so I can't see it affecting the share price much at all. Well, that's the end of the free episode for this week. For the brand new folks, I want you to know that each week we have a free episode and a premium episode. Free episode runs about half an hour. Premium episode usually runs for an extra half hour to an hour, depending on how many questions we have from our audience that week, because we spend a lot of that time answering questions. Uh, if you want to check out the premium episodes, you can go up to our website, qavpodcast. .com.au and sign up for the two-week free trial. You get to have a look at the uh, premium episodes. You get to have a look at the checklist, the getting started guide, all of the video content that we have. Uh, You get invited to our VIP dinners and our VIP Zoom calls for club members. You get to ask Tony questions that we can answer. You get to get invited to our uh, Facebook group, our private Facebook group, etc., etc. And also uh, we get a, a private uh, club member newsletter each week we send out as well with some stuff in it so check that out qavpodcast.com.au but as i said if you're brand new and you want to you're trying to figure out what's going on go back and listen to season three episodes one three and five 301 303 and 305 and then you might also want to go back and listen to season one as well all of the free episodes in season one where we go into a lot of detail about tony's system and methodology and figure out if this is right for you, if it's something that you want to go further with, if you want to learn how to invest like Tony does, then you can check out the uh, QAV Club. Uh, the other thing I always have to say is we're not financial advisors, so don't take anything you hear on this as financial advice. This is just here to teach how one guy invests and thinks about investing. If you need financial advice or tax advice, please go see a financial advisor or a tax advisor. Uh, With that, stay safe, good luck with your investing, and we'll be back next week.